The Theonauts, episode 14. The one where Gary Busey doesn't get left behind. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hey, all you Theo Nuggets, how's it going? <laughs> What's up, Theo Heads? <laughs> I am David Gaddy. And I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the, the Theo Nuts. Awesome. So welcome to episode 14, Jeremiah. Man, it feels like we haven't been together in about a week and a half or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. See, a lot of our listeners may not know this, but we uh, we, pre- we preempted the, That's right. <laughs> that last episode, That's so we right. did it like back to back and then <laughs> threw it out there. Within a day of each other, it was kind of like a double header for us, but uh, you well, know. Well, we had to do that because we were out of pocket. That's right. So what were you doing? Well, I took a gaggle of youth uh, <laughs> to Beaver's Bend a for... business of... <laughs> Yeah, something like that. <laughs> to Beaver's Bend for youth camp. Uh, let's see, in total we had about 70 kids total from the other churches and us. Took about 30 from my church. And we went to uh, this little cabin out in the middle of the Booger Woods. No reception on cell phones. Wow. No nothing. It was awesome. And uh, we spent four days in Bible study and goofing off and swimming and jumping off of cliffs and fishing. And uh, we did a canoe trip, and it was it was a lot of fun. But uh, I got back from that and immediately went to bed. So and slept until I think I just woke up thirty minutes ago and so. checked all your Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, it was amazing to see. So I'm driving the van right, and as soon as we hit cell service, I look in my rearview mirror, and every single kid flips over their phone and starts <laughs> frantically checking their posts and putting up all the pictures they had from the week. It was great. So, yeah. anyways, my dad came and and uh, did the. Uh, um, did the lessons and stuff and he talks about talked about in Hebrews mm-hmm. and he gave him the outline of Hebrews and, and discussed Christ. It was really neat. The kids actually came away. It wasn't, you know, this uh every night revival thing preaching right. you know, to get saved. It was more they were really learning I know there's someone here tonight who exactly. needs to Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, it was nothing like that. It was really good, though they uh they learned the outline. They learned that Christ was uh, greater than the sacrificial system and, and learned all this stuff. And and so it was really neat to watch them come away and go, wow, we get it. And then uh, the worship was great. It was just a wonderful, awesome week. I loved it. Cool. No no kids got killed or hurt. So <laughs> That's that's great. Yeah, none of them got left behind, I don't think. So, <laughs> so far, we're good. <laughs> How about you? What did you do, David? Well, I went to Wyoming with my daughter and son-in-law. Wyoming, the great yes. space, right? Wow, that was so cool. We went up to Jackson, uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and then uh, spent a day in Yellowstone. And uh, it was just great. It was just a good 
temperature, getting out of this Texas heat. Yeah. Getting to go up there into the mountains and chill out a little bit. And, wow. uh, well, I say chill out. I did some exp- some extreme stuff. Like You did. I, I was like, <laughs> whoa, David's flying. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, I did paragliding off the side of a mountain. That's awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see, I did some whitewater rafting. Wow. So, yeah, it was a blast. How did Mel do whitewater rafting? She didn't, oh, actually. Did she she stayed with the grandchild. <laughs> yeah. My so. wife didn't go on the canoe trip. She just didn't want to have any part of that. <laughs> Which makes sense now that after I went. You know, you think canoes are fun mm-hmm. until you, well, no, it wasn't a canoe. It was a kayak. But I had, okay, so I had this kid with me. We're in a double kayak, and he's one of the littler kids that I have to watch over, right? And Balance them the weight out. Oh, the whole time. And not only that, but like, okay, so I would paddle, and he'd just sit there with his paddle across his legs. So I was paddling for two of us, and I'm like, oh, come wow. on, kid. You're killing me here. By the end of it, I was just ready to quit. But there were parts where there were huge boulders, and the only way we'd get around them was I'd have to jump out and, you know, push it through. <laughs> Finally, I just laid down in the water and let the current just carry me, holding onto the kayak. I was wow. so done with it, yeah. but it was still fun, anyways. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> we uh, we went down the Snake River. Oh yeah, um, and it was like uh, Category Three rapids. Wow. So yeah, it was. Uh, it it's was kind of hardcore. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. We um, we they, they got photos of us doing it and yeah. all kinds of stuff. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> My wife just gave me a message. <laughs> she did. <laughs> She's listening in. It's like, it's like, I so would have rafted. I so would have rafted if I didn't have to take care of the child. I think we got you in trouble there, David. <laughs> Oops. So, <laughs> my wife would have been That's on the right. whitewater yeah. rafting That's trip. Good. Yeah. <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> right. Thanks. So, but anyway, we yeah, we had lots of fun. Um, man, cool. I tell you what, we saw so many tourists, like, I mean, foreign tourists. Oh, yeah. Like, we went to Yellowstone. It was like buses and buses of Japanese people and German people. Wow. We didn't hear hardly any English the whole time. Wow. <laughs> we were there. It was packed. That's awesome. And, you know, for that reason, I enjoyed that part of the trip yeah. less than the rest of it. Because, I mean, I, I like all that scenery and I like hiking yeah. and, and doing all that. But I want to do it in seclusion right. somewhat. I mean, sure. I don't want to do it with 400 other people sure. shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, I remember. I've been to Yellowstone before. I was a little kid, though. Well, I was like 14. And yeah, you're right, man. There were tons of tourists. It was all just, it was almost a tur- tourist trap. But it was really cool. I don't know if this happened to you. Like Buffalo would be just walking beside yeah. our car on yeah. the road and yeah. everything. Sunday. Yeah, we saw a bear like right next to the car at one point. Yeah, that was kind of cool. He didn't freak out? No, uh, he had a, a collar, like a tag. Really? Like they had tagged, just tagged him. So I don't know. He was, he wasn't real big. He was a, a young one. So Wow. Yeah, but but anyway, yeah, that was that was what we did. So that was lots of fun. Cool. And uh, oh, um, got some got some interesting news. I've, I've been in communication with our friends over at Finding Christ in Cinema. Yeah, the GCT Network. Such an awesome That's podcast. By the, the way, the Great Commission Transmission. That's good. And so anyway, I talked to to Michael over there. We had a little face to face via the interwebs. Yeah. And uh, wow, that was awesome. Yeah. We, we really hit it off. I mean, he and I are... Two peas in a pod. <laughs> wow, it was scary. Brothers from another mother. <laughs> it was really scary. <laughs> so we've been, we've been talking about the future of both of our podcasts, and we have the same type of uh, vision yeah. and this sort of thing. So 
keep on the lookout. There are new. There's news coming about That's this. That's right. So uh, something we're gonna, special. In the yes, works. we are going to uh, to try and and do a lot more together. I'm excited about that. I yeah, think it'd be I am awesome. too. I love their podcast. I if you too. guys haven't heard it yet, uh, jump over there and give them a listen. They examine movies from a Christian standpoint with the idea that you can find the Great Commission through talking about movies. Yeah. So, which I think is brilliant. Awesome. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. So, um, today they're they're recording and talking about how to train your dragon. Awesome. And how that re- and how that relates to unity. I love it. between the dragons and the Vikings and sure. all that. It's like wow, that's cool. So neat. <laughs> I just, I mean, I love their, I love their whole podcast. Man, he is really energetic. Like he just has a lot of energy. It's a lot different. I think it's a different format in a lot of ways than ours. Mm-hmm. But he's just so energetic, and I, I love. Oh, the, they're definitely more professional than. Oh yeah. <laughs> but hey. <laughs> I wish you'd be more energetic is what I'm trying to say, David. Come on, man. Man, come on. No, it was great. I, I love I love their podcast, so go check it out if you haven't done that. Yeah, you guys check it out. It's at the gctnetwork.com, uh, I believe. Yeah. You can you can, you can mind. Or FCC at gtcnetwork.com. So anyway, you got some news for us? I do. And now, the news. So I have so much news, and I was gonna get you really excited, but I I learned that uh, the uh, GCC scooped me. GCT, uh, GC, sorry, GCT and FCC. FCC. <laughs> I gotta get these uh, names right. The Finding Christ in Cinema scooped me, so you'd already heard about this. But <laughs> one of David's favorite directors is Ridley Scott, right? Yes, yes. I mean, he's awesome. He's pretty epic, actually. Alien, Blade Runner, Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah, love Blade Runner. We sat down and watched Blade Runner a while back, and I didn't know what to think about it. At the end, I was just like, "Wow, huh." <laughs> and David's just telling me all these different integral things. Anyways, but it was pretty awesome. But I, we, I just found out that uh, Ridley Scott is, actually has two movies in the works. One of them is going to be released in December. Um, it's Exodus, Gods and Kings. Um, and it's basically the story of Moses, right? Yeah. And, uh, and that one's going to be released in December. The uh, trailer actually leaked on the internet. And I'm not sure if you can find it right now, but I found it on... NOLA.com, so you might be able to watch it. But it's really exciting to me because, you know, this is... I've been waiting for a long time. I've always said, how awesome would it be if they took the Old Testament stories? And I mean, not just like the fluff, but the grit and the... And and had one of these Hollywood producers, a good producer, like Ridley Scott, who made Aliens, right? Right. Uh, Produce this and and direct it and and see what... Gladiator. Oh, yeah. Gladiator. Gladiator. It's awesome, bloody awesome, you know, manly stuff. And do it with the Bible stories, which are actually true. And I I love that idea. So anyways, they're going to do that with Moses. And I just learned that uh, he's up to uh, direct... Wait a second, you got a Christian Bale... Yeah. Playing Moses. Playing Moses. Christian Bale. So Batman is Moses. (laughs) Epic. Dude, the Dark Knight's going to take on uh, Pharaoh. Let my people go. <laughs> Where is she? Where is she? That's so good. Oh, man. So, yeah. Okay, so go ahead, David. <laughs> oh, man, I can't get that picture out of my head now. Moses wearing a cape in the dark with his staff. 
It's like a Batman symbol on the top of Let him go. <laughs> That's so awesome. Okay. Anyway, so he's uh he's doing Exodus. And then he's also uh started a project for the story of David. And it's that not is cool. Yeah, that's really cool cuz I I love the story. Probably David's my favorite like one of my favorite Bible stories in the Old right. Testament. I just just the character Yeah, his, his whole thing. And but actually he's, a, he's a, you know a flawed hero. Exactly. And he has got the heart of, of God. Right. I mean it's such a great yeah. such a great person to to study whenever you're trying to find out about grace sure. and, and and Absolutely. And so I don't think they're gonna focus so much on his younger days. They're gonna really focus on him That's as good. king, That's trying good. to keep the kingdom together and then Probably the fall with Bathsheba and all that. And uh, well, you think about so, it, they've never done uh-uh. David's, especially. There's a lot in the Bible about David. Oh, I mean, yeah. a chunk of. I mean, you got the books of Samuel right. and some of Kings, and you're dealing with this a uh, huge epic story. Right. There's no way they can cover it all. I mean, and and so you know. How many times have we seen the Ten Commandments and seen Moses? I mean, we've seen that on screen a exactly, lot. Exactly, yeah. But we haven't got to see David, David and Abner and right. you know this whole civil war that was happening in Israel about right. who was going to be king and all that stuff that's in the Bible, but you never hear about. Yeah. So I hope they cover that stuff. I do too, man. It'll be it'll be really good, and especially if Ridley Scott has a hand in that. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with that because, and it he's definitely producing it. They don't know if he's directing it yet. It's going to be written by another guy, <clears throat> um, but they haven't confirmed yet because he's still doing Prometheus, the the sequel to Prometheus. Um, yeah. Which <laughs> that sounds exasperated. Did you yeah, not like? I, I was. Prometheus is okay. I had high hopes for Prometheus, mm-hmm. okay, because I was a huge alien right. guy, and uh, Alien was so deep with so many uh, symbols and and yeah. allegories in it, and it's like he just dropped the ball on Prometheus. I, yeah, yeah. It's okay, but it, it suffers from a lot of what I think present day Hollywood does with trying to make it sure bigger and louder. And but anyway, yeah. continue on. He could have been he could have been better, but you know. We, and to be honest, we we hold him in such high esteem and others that whenever something's not as good, right, it's horrible. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, speaking more about movies, uh, not about Left Behind. I won't go into that, but uh, <laughs> okay. Well, hang on. Before you do, I got I got to at least share this. We talked about this HBO show, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> the leftovers. <laughs> Okay, I checked out Meatloaf in your fridge, <laughs> The Leftovers. They're on the third episode now, or this finished the third episode aired, and I've watched the first couple of episodes, and i got to say, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It's, it's, it's like, I definitely don't think there's a Christian message here. It's an HBO flick, right. which means it's full of objectionable content. Right. I mean, F-bombs. <laughs> You know, it's some slight nudity. Game of Thrones translates to a well, post. Well, not quite. It's not, it's not quite soft porn, <laughs> but it's, but it's still really offensive for right. you know Christian viewing. Sure. But that being said, there is this aspect of Christian rapture being involved, and right. these people dealing with it, 
And, of course, they're not coming right out and saying it's the rapture. In fact, they've got one character who's a preacher who keeps saying, it's not the rapture. It's not the rapture. See, look at this. And he's pulling up all these people's uh, history and showing people who had disappeared and saying, this guy, he abused his children. So he can't, he can't be a Christian. Wow. So it's almost making a good point here huh. that it's not the good deeds that save us. You can't like go through someone's right. past and say, oh, they were a Christian or they weren't, because even the most vile offender sure. can be saved if they have repented and and all this. But anyway, right. the funniest thing to me was when they were they were eulogizing the people that had left. <laughs> and they were going through a list of celebrities that had left, and they're going through all these these people that had disappeared. And, of course, the Pope's name comes up on the list. And there's this Gary Busey. <laughs> so, I love Gary Busey so much. And, the, and the, they're watching this in the bar, and the bartender goes, okay, I get the Pope, but Gary Busey? <laughs> So anyway, oh, I don't man. know if I should recommend this show. It's not like I said the content. It's got it's weird. There's all kinds of weird stuff happening in it with cults and Oh yeah. But it is a little bit interesting. I just I, I'm curious where they're going to go with it. Right. But, you know, I don't know. You're probably going to get hooked. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. So, other movies in the works. There's a movie uh being made about the friendship between J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. That's cool. in the works. Cool. I'm really excited about that, but it's really interesting. Um, it's to be directed by Simon West, the man who directed Con Air and Expendables 2. <laughs> Expendables 2. So imagine J.R.R. Is... Tolkien, C.S. Wow. Lewis amid vast explosions. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious yeah, that that guy's directing it. So be on the lookout for that. That's, that's coming up, but... Uh, Anyways, besides the movies, let's talk a little bit about comics. Um, Archie is on the fast track to dying. How's that? Is he getting old? <laughs> well, <laughs> he's pretty old. He looks really good for himself. But in one of the alt- alternative, there's an alternative reality comic uh, out that's been out for a while uh, about Archie. Um, and they're about to end it. And it's going to end with uh, the death of Archie. Basically, it's it's... Uh, it's called Life with Archie, uh, mm-hmm. and it's actually Archie has grown up um, in the comic. And usually, each comic has two little mini uh, stories. One of them, he's married to Betty, and the other one, he's married to Veronica. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of odd. I never was an Archie fan, so I don't. I really <laughs> know, I know those names. But. I'm, I'm not either. But here's the interesting thing. Uh, so Archie has a close friend. Who uh, is a senator, um, and the senator, his name is Kevin Keller, and he's openly gay, okay, uh, in the comic. And uh, he is going to be the subject of an assassination attempt, and Archie's going to jump in front of the bullet and die that way. So, yeah, they're killing Archie off, saving a gay rights activist, which is really, really interesting. I mean, this is telling us a lot about our social... Mm -hmm. social, About where we are. Yeah, about where we are. So, uh, you know, who knows? I I think it's uh, an act of selfless love. That's great. Thanks, Archie, for, you know, sacrificing (laughs) yourself. I'm not sure about the uh, whole gay 
gay agenda political yeah. thing, but whatever. It's I just thought it was really interesting. It's it's kind of on. I mean, I pulled this off of CNN's front page, so I guess they're they're really publicizing this. Interesting, pretty interesting. Yeah. So uh, so it'll be fun to see the backlash from that. And uh, I've, there's so many things about. Like, have you heard about the Burger King thing? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Brendan over at FCC did a blog post about that. Oh, did about he? The proud Whopper. The proud Whopper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So ridiculous. <laughs> oh well. Like a a hamburger can be gay and proud. Really? Come on, guys. Come on, Burger King. Oh well. Anyways, so uh, in more comic news, uh, I guess Thor is going to be turned into a woman later on in, in Marvel Comics. I heard that, but it's like yeah. an alternative thing, right? Yeah, it's an alternative. It's not going to be like permanent. Like he got some sex change or whatever. <laughs> well, they haven't said that yet. But uh, one thing that's really interesting, I guess. Uh, in the latest episode of Captain America, Captain America was fighting the Iron... I forget his name. Iron something. Anyways, he... Uh, the Iron guy shoots shoots these needles into Captain America that draw out the super soldier serum. Okay. And when that happens, he turns into an 87-year-old man. Like, like he, he would be. Exactly. Had he not been had supercharged. Super, yeah, exactly. So he basically making him you know, not Captain America anymore, but, uh, the original guy. And so, uh, now the, for the first time ever, the guy who's going to pick up his mantle is, uh, the Falcon. Uh, I forget his name, but he's, he'll, it'll be for the first time ever. It'll be a black Captain America. Oh, okay. So he's going to be <clears throat> half Captain America, half Falcon. I guess he's going to fly, but he's going to have the shield, which is really interesting. It makes, you know, it's it's kind of like a... So Captain America has had different different people picked up the mantle, like Bucky Barnes right. has picked up Captain America's mantle for a while. and But they've all been white, right? Mm-hmm. So for the first time ever, it's going to be a... A black Captain yeah, America. Cool. Yeah, there's a lot of people going. Oh, that's that's good. You know, for the, that's, that's it's about time that we've had a symbol of America. Someone besides Blade, exactly. <laughs> Someone, or the Black Panther, right, <laughs> right from right. Africa. Right. Uh, so the Falcon is going to be uh, Captain America. I'm really excited about reading this. So I uh, I immediately decide to go out and get these comics. But <laughs> cool. anyways, um, and one more, an actual serious one. You, you've heard about. What's happening with Hamas and uh, in Israel? Yes, uh, um, they've been on. I think it's like day ten right now, or something like that, mm-hmm. um, of their war, ongoing war. Uh, Israel called for a ceasefire. Fire. Hamas laughed at that pretty much and shot rockets at Israel again. And so there's been this huge fight. Um, and but what's really cool is for the first time. Ever, uh, there have been, if you go on to uh, social media sites, for the first time ever, I just pulled these all up from the Huffington Post. There's all these pictures of uh, a Jew and a Palestinian, um, or a Jew and an Arab, uh, together. Um, and the the hashtag, it's a, it's a peace movement, and the hashtag is, hashtag Jews and Arabs refuse to be enemies. Uh-huh. And so for the first time ever, there's this huge peace movement going in with social media. You can pull up all these pictures. I'm looking up one of a guy and a girl kissing, and one's a Jew and one's an Arab, and they're they're in love, and they wow. say, you know, I'm from Palestine, I'm from Israel, and we love each other. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other pictures like brothers hugging and all this other stuff, and 
that says, why can't we just get along? I'll just get along. I'm Muslim and I'm from Palestine. I'm Jewish and I'm from Israel. And, and then it says, you know, hashtag Muslim and Jews uh, refuse to fight, refuse to be enemies. So I think that's, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that, that the, uh, the standoff ends pretty soon. But so anyways, a bunch of uh, entertainment and uh, comics in the news and then one kind of little serious clip. But. Cool. All right, we haven't actually started our continuation of our history study. That's right. Um, however, we can probably consider this part 1.5. <laughs> because there's a lot that we talked about in our history section about the debate of the nature of Christ. And, right. we, and we have talked about Christology already, so this is... this would be a good episode for us to flesh out some of the things that we talked about in both of those. Sure. So in Christology, we talked about things symbolizing Christ, and but we didn't really get into the nature of Christ himself, which right. was the center of all the division and the craziness. Oh, yeah. If there's one thing that they <clears throat> debated and divided over in the in the ancient Christian uh, world, it was... It was the very nature or the substance of who right. Jesus was. And so um, this episode, what we're going to do is we're going to cover the nature of Christ as it relates to the same arguments that were made at the... We talked about the Nicene Council in 325. Uh, we talked about a couple of the other councils that happened uh, after that. All of these councils seem to center around this same debate. Right. A- and this was a huge thing. Uh, back then, and it's really strange that it's not quite as big of a of an issue anymore. In fact, most people will say Jesus is fully God, fully man. You know, we'll hear that a lot um, in the in the Christian realm. But right. we don't. I don't think we often think about what the implications are and what the arguments were about. So, what I want to do is look at some of the people that were involved in these discussions. And what their take on it was, and why it was a big deal for them to try and define who Christ was. Because if you think about it, when you understand grace, you have to understand that Jesus Christ was God intervening on the behalf of man. So that means he had to be God. Exactly. Otherwise, it was null and void. It didn't mean anything. He got someone else to do it for him. right? Right. So... It ha- he has to be God. Right. At the same time, God's not dead. Right? Right. And so God, he wasn't only God, because then if he was only God, well, then he wouldn't suffer the way we suffer. He wouldn't be tempted the way we're tempted. He wouldn't... Uh, so, so to be an atonement and to also be representative of our human nature, he had to be man as well. Right. Okay. So, uh, but these were things that confused people, especially when they started losing this insight of substitutionary atonement. They started losing the insight about grace in a second century, third century, fourth century, fifth century. They started going, it started becoming more of a works-based 
theology. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, it back to law keeping, right? And keeping everything right and doing everything exactly. right. Exactly, we're doing all your you theology know, right. And even you know, even uh, you, you look at the um, uh, the Catholics' indulgences and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was all works based. Everything yeah. was so focused. Power, on Power, greed. And uh, religious pride, which right. we still are holding on to, those things were the things that were getting in the way of understanding God's love and grace. Right. And so, um, you know, we talked about the Nicene Council that happened at 325, and that was, you know, it's not the Dan Brown thing. I don't, we keep saying this. It's not <laughs> that, that council was not to establish the canon of Scripture. Right. That council was uh, about the nature of Christ. And um, more specifically, let's talk about um, is Christ truly God? That was really what they were asking in that council. And it came up from several uh, uh, arguments that were happening. This stuff was being debated in the streets in Rome and all over the place, uh, like regularly. Right. I mean, you could go shopping and end up in a conversation about, do you believe Jesus was begotten or unbegotten? <laughs> you know, or or you might right, or you might catch something that says, you know, you might go buy uh, something to eat, and uh, the guy would say, "Is God greater and the Son less?" <laughs> you know, I mean, those were like the type of conversations that sure. people were having. Where do you stand on this situation? You know, uh, uh, was there anything before the sun was created? Hmm. Like as in Christ, before Christ was created? Was, was there, there anything? Right. So uh, these, these kind of... And the question of Christ being created. Right. Was he created? So, was he uh, always existent? Uh, is he part of God? Is he separate from God? Are there three parts in the Trinity? Does that equate to polytheism? Um, right. All this stuff, man, it was just lots of things. And so part of the reason why that council met was because Constantine was picking up on all the crazy debate that was happening everywhere in his kingdom. Now, these people went from being in an illegal religion to all of a sudden being completely accepted. And what did they do? The minute it becomes legal, they start fighting about it, which is the nature of it. I mean... We're in a very free country, in a very free situation as far as worship goes, and we fight all the time. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> About stuff. So you ever hear the, the phrase, not one iota? You know, people will say, oh, sure. oh yeah, I, not one iota. You, you ever wonder where that might have come from? It came from the Nicene Council. <laughs> and the reason why is because the question at hand was, was Jesus the same as God, or was he similar to God? Now, right. the Greek word for same and similar is different by one Greek letter. One iota. The iota. That's <laughs> the only thing that separates those two words. So this whole debate, you could say the Nicene Council was a debate over one, one iota. iota. That's right. <laughs> so, okay, one of the major things that was, uh, one of the major thoughts was called Monarchianism. Oh, that's a lot of monarchy. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. 
<laughs> it's not malarkey. Monarchianism. Monarchianism. Which is the idea that was put forth by a guy named Noetus, Noetus. And he said that when the father had not yet been born, he became the son, he of himself, and not of another. So this was his description of this term, begotten. Right. So say that one more time. I okay. wanna... When the father had not yet been born, <laughs> he became the son, he of himself and not another. The idea was, how do we get two people, three if you count the Holy Ghost, how do you get them to be God and king? How do you get them to be one? All one. So he's trying to figure this out, and so he makes this statement about the pre-existence of Jesus, mm -hmm. more or less, and that they were one. Right. Uh, but he doesn't separate it at all. Like, there's only one. Like he, So, like, who was minding heaven when he was Jesus? You know, and you've got all these, these other debates that people would come out and say, well, what about when Jesus is praying and he's talking to Father? What about when Jesus is baptized right. and, and God speaks from the heavens? Mm -hmm. well, yeah, and the Spirit came down. Right. So, uh, what's going on there? If it's one guy... How could this? How could this be? Uh, so, and the question's like, well, did God forsake Himself? When Jesus says, "Why have you forsaken me?" Who's He talking to? Right. Um, did the Father Himself die on the cross? Hmm. So you see how it's simply it's simple to say, "Fully God, fully man." But whenever you actually start asking these individual, specific questions that we don't have ready answers to, you can see where debate can start popping up. Right. Uh, you know the guy Tertullian, the yep. early church father Tertullian, he called this a heresy, an error, <laughs> and uh, because it denied the tri-nature of God. It denied that he was three, three in, in one. one. That's right. Uh, so anyway, there was a man by the name of Arius who got a lot of stuff started. Now Arius, uh, he believed that the son had a completely different essence than the father and was a created being. Okay, that was his big thing. So he was saying, Jesus' first creation, that it preempted the creation of the universe. That's why John 1, 1 still works. Right. Um, but he's a created being, and he's not the same essence as the Father. He's a separate being. essence. That's right. Okay, so that's that's interesting. This caused all kinds of sure. problems. <laughs> Again, now that's... Uh, where he leans on this is there are scriptures like John fourteen and twenty eight where Jesus says things like He is greater than I, talking about His Father. Right. Uh, Mark thirteen and thirty two, similar passage. John five and nineteen is another one that Arius used, uh, where he says, "No man uh, knows but." God the Father. But God the Father. Right. So he's subordinating himself right. to, uh, God. to God. And so this also jived with the Greek philosophy of the time because you had a God for every event, right? So right. everyone was multiple gods. It was no big deal. Right. And so uh, it made sense. And to, not only that, but gods had sons who became gods and... And that that whole thing. Right. So, yeah. and it even jived with some of the Gnostic beliefs because the Gnostics were believing that Jesus was their God and he was not the substance of Yahweh, right. and that he wasn't even the son of Yahweh, right. and that he didn't actually come in the flesh. He never had flesh; he was spirit. Right. And so, which is another argument that comes up later. Oh yeah. 
So uh, one thing that, so this became very popular among the Greeks because they could relate to it about this whole polytheism s- stuff. Uh, Arius was also a very good speaker mm-hmm. and he set his ideas to jingles. So <laughs> that's genius. So he would teach the little kids <laughs> sing these songs about how Jesus is begotten of God and he's, not, <laughs> and he's not really part of God or whatever. Jesus was created. <laughs> right. So he'd make all these jingles up. Sure. And so uh, this fits in also with some of the modern day beliefs that the Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. believe. They believe that 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 uh, God, that Jesus is a created being. They right. actually put him on the same par as, say, Michael the Archangel. Well, and, and the Mormons believe that Jesus is God's son, mm-hmm. um, but created, and also the brother of Satan, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got that. I mean, that fits in pretty well with that, too. So, well, hmm. at this council, they gave Arius the floor. I think he was the first one to speak. And he... Laid it all out. This is how it is. <laughs> okay. St. Nicholas, who who we have lovingly called Santa, Santa Claus. Okay. <laughs> the guy that, that inspired the Santa Claus idea. Right. St. Nicholas got so mad at Arius <laughs> that he rushed him and punched him in the face. Bum rushed him and sucker punched him. It's like Christian council. Okay. Oh, Punches him out. Okay. And he gets imprisoned and there's all this this stuff about some miracle that causes him to uh, to get out of jail, but right. well, you know, that all that's on the side. But I just think it's interesting that by the time it's over no one sided with Arius. They all there was two people that did not sign the Nicene Creed. Everybody else uh, signed it. Okay, the guy on the other side... Was Arius one of the two, I guess? I'm sure he was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the other side of the fence was Athanasius. Athanasius. Now, Athanasius asserted that Jesus was the same essence as God. Okay, that he wasn't made out of some other substance. Right. But that he was the same essence of God. And he would use scriptures like Isaiah 9 and 6, uh, which talks about a prophecy of Jesus coming. And he will be Emmanuel. It's the one, prophecy that is actually yeah, quoted when Jesus is born right. by the angels, where he says he will be uh, God with us. He will be mighty God. Uh, and so it uses that term. He will be mighty God. And so Athanasius is saying the son is the father, right. but in different uh, works, in different function. Right. And uh, so, anyway, John 1 1 talks about, well, the whole chapter of first John, of John not first John, uh, talks about the Word was made flesh and dwelt among, among us. us. And so, it, uh, Romans 1 and 5, Hebrews 1 and 8, these are all verses that if you guys want to look them up right. that Athanasius used. John 1 is probably the most important, to me in this discussion, probably the most important scripture out of all of them mm-hmm. because it talks about Jesus being at the beginning and actually creating. Right. Right. And then it talks about him becoming flesh. But all of these arguments Use John can 1. get around it if they, yeah. if you th- if you really work it, and huh. which is like every sure. debate that we have. I mean, People have these scriptures to back up their beliefs. Some of them are out of context. Some of them are twisted around, and you know. And it's 
kind of the same thing back then. Right. Um, anyway, his belief was in three parts. Okay, he basically said all three persons of the Trinity are God. Period. They were they are distinct from one another, so they are three distinct individuals. His third point is, but God is one. <laughs> so it almost sounds contradictory, but what he's saying is that uh, three persons in one, one being, being. Right. Uh, maybe op- operating in three different functions, three different, uh, like, for example, and we've used this before when talking about the Trinity, is like a corporation. A corporation is a single entity made up of a board, mm-hmm. okay, and the board could have three members on it. A president, a CEO, I mean a CEO, a, a COO, chief operating officer, and a CFO. Okay, so <laughs> right. so you've got this board. Each one of those guys is equal, but has a different function. Right. And for example, the chief executive officer, he's the guy who makes all the rules. He's the one who is in charge, basically, of everything. Right. The COO is the one who puts all the plan into works and he's the operating officer. He's in charge of making sure all that happens. And the CFO is making sure that there is the right funds and stuff like that so that it can all happen. Right. Same thing with the Trinity. You've got God who the father who is the architect and the, the, the master of it. He's the CEO, right? And you've got Jesus the COO. He's the one who puts it into practice and does. Right. And then you've got the CFO, which would be our, like the Holy Spirit. He's providing the means, what's requ- the assets that right. we need to be able to, to function. So it's all three working together, one entity. Well, I think the best, uh, this rings true to me in, in a couple ways. First, I go to Genesis 1. Right, mm-hmm. where God the Father says, "Let us make man in our own image." Right. Okay. Right. So the "us" and "our" there is plural. Mm-hmm. Uh, plural means we. Okay? Right. Right. More than one. More than one. So you have that evident in Hebrew scripture. Right. Which is really important because the Hebrews were big on. It's even stronger in the Hebrew. But yeah, because like in the very first verse of of the Bible. In the beginning, God, God created. That word God, it is Elohim. Elohim is a plural name. Right. Anytime you have that I am at the end of a Hebrew word, it's multiple. It's, it's like cherubim. Right. So cherubim. in the beginning, God, they. Yeah. Created. God as a group of people. Yeah. Created. And then, but but the big thing, if Israel's big on one thing, if, if they were big on one thing, it was hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Right. right, they were right. big on the singular of That's God, true. and so there were a lot of people calling this heresy. But then it's you right could go back, text, you right. could go, "Hey, look, look <laughs> here!" But not only that, you have uh, this is why it rings true to me, and this is a, an example I think of. Let's create man in our own image, and I think of man having three distinct parts in one. Mm-hmm. We have our body, mm-hmm. we have our soul, and we have our spirit. Right to me, right, right. We have the physical, which does. They all have different functions. They all have different functions. The the spiritual, which, which provides the means, mm-hmm. right. It, it's mm-hmm. the spirit that's operating the body, and then you have, or not spirit, sorry, soul, which is operating the. Then you have the spirit, which is the mind and the the emotions, the seat of your, your heart. You know what I mean? That right. that that tells the body what to do, and the body <clears throat> carries it out. The flesh. So. To me, this just rings true. But that's yeah, yeah. But you know, we have. Thousands of years of history below our belts. Exactly. (laughs) 
that derived to this. Oh yeah. You know, whereas it wasn't easily de- determined at this point. Sure. And so you had okay, at the and that's what we have to realize. These guys were really struggling. Oh yeah. With this concept, and, and even though Arius was, I believe, completely wrong, yeah. he was passionate. Oh yeah. I mean, he believed what he was saying was scriptural and and and, right. and all this. Um, and of course, Athanasius was right the opposite of him. Then you had this third guy, Eusebius, who was a big player in the game. He was kind of the compromiser. He was like, let's figure out a way to get both of this stuff to work. He was liberal. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was a politician too. He, he was a very good politician. He was friends with Constantine. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of people, they weren't happy. He ended up caving on the side of Athanasius because that's where he could tell the wind was going. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so he signed the creed. But... Uh, a lot of people weren't happy at the end of the thing because Constantine and Eusebius had so much involvement in it huh. that they felt like it wasn't truly scriptural that there was too much politics Going involved. On. They were mm-hmm. trying to make peace and trying to keep everybody happy, but maybe not holding to truth. Right. And and so there was a lot of, of, of that that was, uh, that was going on. Uh, so... The reason why, so they came out of this count, this council saying he is fully God, he's of the same substance. Okay, that was the main right. consensus of that creed, was to say that God and Jesus are the same. They're right. the same substance. He is a tr- he is truly God. And the reason why that was a good finding was because if Christ um, were the highest and most noble creature of God's creation, then God then would only be indirectly involved in the salvation of fallen man. Hmm. So if, if he, he, he was handing it off right. to Jesus, then it wouldn't be the full meal deal. Exactly. It wouldn't be God atoning. Right. It would be some man that God created who was a good man, but still not God. Not God. And it wouldn't mean the same. Salvation uh, would have cost God very little. Right. And uh, so, therefore, one of his creatures would have done his dirty work. Yeah. So it was a good finding and uh, I think, sound oh, where, sure. where they came up with. So the next big question that started popping up over the years is, okay, with this finding in hand, is God, is Jesus truly man? Yeah. Okay, so you start flipping to the other side of the spectrum. This is where the Gnostics got really involved because this really hit their buttons. Oh, he can't be flesh because flesh is corrupt and evil. Right, and see, that's one of the things that's very important in understanding why this was a big issue right. is because Greek philosophy, not just the Gnostics, but the Greek philosophers, uh, Plato, uh, all the Platonic thought was saying, okay, the, the body, the physicality of our bodies are impure. Mm-hmm. But the mind and the spirit, those are pure. Okay, that's a big Platonic right. teaching. So the Greeks in general, they gravitated to this right. idea. So the Gnostics would actually be a progression mm-hmm. of this Greek philosophy. Right. Uh, but they had their own pagan uh, ties. In and there. that's why they loved Christ so much, because he, he did preach against uh gratifying the desires of the flesh right, right. but their their argument was god couldn't have become fully man right. because then he would have been impure right and so they were letting their philosophy about the flesh get in the way exactly. of their theology that's right so um understanding that basically understanding that the flesh 
originally created was pure. Well, yeah, Before but the they fall. didn't get that at all. No, <laughs> because well, because it didn't derive from there. That's right. The Greek thought derived from the guys like Plato. Right. So who did not follow in the path of Eden? Right. And I mean, he had a just complete different man idea, philosophy yeah. uh, uh, about it. Uh, but anyway, and we hadn't got to this in our history study yet, but we will in the next time. There was in the fifth century uh, another council called uh, the Chalcedon, uh, Chalcedon, <laughs> Chalcedon, Chalcedon <laughs> Council. And, uh, it this was, Sunday, the Chalcedon, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> and what they the address, what they, the problem they addressed was similar but different. The, the, the issue was the difference between Christ's deity and his humanity. So where do you draw the line? Where is he? Uh, so there were three main thoughts that kind of came out of, of this. The three views were, one, so and stop and think about this for a minute from a logical standpoint. If you just made the, the statement, it can make sense. Uh, the first view was Christ had a human body, but not a human soul or spirit. Hmm. So his spiritual aspects were divine. Hmm. Now that sounds reasonable, right? Yeah. On the surface. A guy by the name of Apollon... Uh, Apollinarius was the one who was pushing this. And uh, so, but there's problems with that. You're taking away the human spirit. I mean, yes, he's flesh, but you're taking away the human spirit and the the human soul out of the equation. Right. Um, Then you had a guy by the name of Nestorius who his big issue was he had a problem with this married mother of God thing that kept coming up now. <laughs> he had a real problem with that. How dare they he say he's like, the mother of God? Mary's the mother of Jesus, but he's not the mother of she's not the mother of God. Right. Okay, so don't get too twisted here. <laughs> so because of his big hang up on on that doctrine, it led to his his philosophy of the nature of Christ, which was Christ was man and God, but not intermingled. So they were two distinct persons in one body. So, so in other words, he was schizophrenic. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and he did this so that he, he could... He had multiple personality syndrome. So he so could good. justify that when, for example, what he would do is divide it up. Okay, when he was born, Jesus, the man. Okay, Mary's mother, Jesus. Right. But whenever he would heal somebody... Or he would forgive sins, or he would, you know, one of these things that they would say, only God can forgive. You know, the Pharisees got all fired right. up about that. Only God can forgive sins. What are you doing? Well, that's the God side of Jesus. Okay, so it was <laughs> like right. a, these two personalities wow. working. And uh, so anyway, uh, kind of strange, but another very feasible sure. argument. Uh, the third one was an argument called uh, mono, monophysitism. <laughs> hmm. Big words, I know. Monophysitism. Monophysitism. Now with more calcium. So this argument was <laughs> was pushed by a guy by the name of Cyril of Alexandria. Cyril? Cyril. And he believed that Christ had only one nature. This nature was neither God nor human, but some mixture of both. Hmm. Okay. All three of these views were basically rejected at the council. Right. When everyone got together and started talking about this, they couldn't agree on any Any of of those three things. So the creed that they came up with actually affirmed 
that a little bit of a mix of them, I guess, but it affirmed that Christ was fully man, but he was one person with two natures that remained distinct. So his natures remained distinct, but his personality, soul, all that didn't. Um, so it didn't address how this happened. <laughs> it just addressed that that's the nature of it. I mean, couldn't they just accept that God, who is God and can do anything he wants, chose to come in the flesh and strip off his godhood, which is exactly what Paul says. Mm-hmm. He took off his godhood like a robe, right? right. He came in the, in the flesh as a man with body, soul, and spirit. Flesh as a man. Right. Okay, right. and use the Holy Spirit, which actually Jesus says he's using the Holy Spirit in Scripture whenever he does his miracles or whenever he forgives or whenever he does anything. It's it's the Holy Spirit working in him, right? Right. And he, he constantly is using the Holy Spirit. It's not the man. God, is, he is the man, but he's using, through the Holy Spirit, the miracles, right? Right. Why can they accept that? Well, or the... even to go a step higher and say it's beyond our comprehension how he did it. Right. But the thing is, these vast statements about, well, we've got to figure this out, which was plaguing them, <laughs> the, 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 where they were going to was removing grace, it was removing the gospel right. because what they were saying was things like, okay, for example, if we say that Christ is not fully human, well, then he would have been disqualified as a savior of mankind right. because he wasn't the sacrifice. human. It, Hebrews uh, 2 and 14 says, since then the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same that through death he might render powerless him who had power of death. Yeah. That is the devil. So um, if he was not man, then he would not be able to embody the same the uh, temptations and, and, and uh, everything that, that, that we suffered. Um, so to redeem us, body, soul, and spirit, he had to become one of us. Yeah. Body, soul, and spirit. So yes, he was fully man. Absolutely. We don't have to understand why or how. I mean, we have to understand why. We don't have to understand how. We don't have to try and figure it out. But they felt so compelled that to understand the nature of, of the religion itself, you <laughs> had to understand the nature of God and, um, and Christ. Yeah. So, uh, but here's some things that came up out of this, because before we run out of time here, because I want to pose them to you and just see what you think, because these are things that questions that keep coming up. When yeah. it, whenever you make a statement, okay, he's fully man. <laughs> well, then these other things start popping up. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Um, could Christ, could he sin? Yes. So if he's fully God, can he? Could he sin? Yeah, absolutely. So this is one of the questions. <laughs> Well, I mean, oh, because he's fully God, he it's not in his, well, God can do whatever he pleases, right? Right. It, the fact that he chooses not to sin to but, me. It, but it also says he can't look upon sin. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, there's all this, these other verses. So if, I guess if Christ did it, it wouldn't be sin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I use this argument a lot, uh, pastors in my line of uh, denomination, 
um, love to spout out that drinking alcohol is a sin. <laughs> right. And they will use any little way that they can. And one of their famous ways is, well, uh, you know, it's one drink. Just one drink will inhibit you. And the Bible says you shouldn't be inhibited in any ways. And, and my, my answer that stops everything is, did Jesus drink? Yes, Jesus drunk, drank. Well, did Jesus ever sin? No, Jesus never sinned. Right. So is drinking a sin? If you say drinking is a sin, you make Jesus a sinner. Right, right. Right? But that's either here or so, there. Yeah, like so, well, but, um, you know, for example, this guy Nestorius that we were talking about who divided Christ inside right. uh, his own body, um, he would have answered this question, yes, Christ, the Son of Man, could have sinned, but Christ, the Son of God, could not have. <laughs> That's kind of having your cake and eating it too. Well, isn't yeah. It? <laughs> okay. It's, I'm going to read this little blurb from this. this That's so this, funny. This one me. writing I found that I thought worded this pretty good. It says, But to say that Christ, the Man, could have sinned, but not Christ, who is God, is to separate the two persons as Nestorius had done. The Bible doesn't say whether Christ could have sinned, but merely that he didn't. But the decision of Chalcedon would logically, and I believe correctly, lead to the conclusion that Christ could not have sinned. It would have been impossible for his humanity to sin without his deity being involved. Hmm. Thus, the unity of his person makes Christ unable to sin. See, I totally disagree with that. Okay, well, hang on. As might be expected, some theologians have contended that if Christ were not capable of sinning, sinning, his temptation would have just been a charade. Exactly. If he could not sin, then not only was Satan wasting his time, but Christ was really unable to appreciate our temptations exactly. because his were not real. Right. Okay, but hang on. The reply <laughs> is that the temptation was real in the sense that Christ felt the full force of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the purpose of the temptation from God's standpoint was not to see whether Christ would sin, but to prove that he wouldn't. Satan had to know that Christ was stronger than he was. Christ had to feel what we are up against so that he could be a faithful and merciful high priest. And we have we had to have an example of how we should deal with temptations when they come our way. No. So you're not there. <laughs> well, hear me. Think, go, go. Okay. okay. So there's a beautiful blonde. Okay. Yeah. And she is beckoning, beckoning you to come to bed with her. Okay. Just <laughs> saying, come on, big boy, come to bed with me. Right. But here's the catcher. She's behind plexiglass that you can't get through. It's still sin. Because Jesus said, "If you lust in your heart." Okay, but let's just let's let's forget about that for a second. Let's think. <laughs> okay, the physical the sin, side of it. The physical side. Okay, the sin happens with the physical side. Okay, let's pretend that that's. All right. So I'm standing over here now. If there wasn't plexiglass there, man, I would feel that temptation. Yes. Makes sense. Yes. But if there's plexiglass up and there's no way I can get through it, oh well, you know, yeah, she's cute. That's that's temptation, but. I'm not feeling it because I'm truly, there's, because, truly right. because there's no way for me to 
succeed. What they're saying is, oh, well, he felt it, but, you know, but his divine <laughs> nature wouldn't let him do it. That's, that is not temptation to me. Right. That's a, that's a, that's a mirror image of temptation, the right. picture of temptation. No, I believe that Christ had to be totally, completely tempted and could have done it. Right. But chose not to. And that, to me, is a picture yeah. of, of Christ's deity. But but right. do you think that there may have been part of his divine nature that helped him to be able to do that? The Holy Spirit, yeah. Because absolutely. because we look at it again. My my answer to all of this is the Holy Spirit. So like, well, but yeah, but could the Holy Spirit, if he's being in control, can the Holy Spirit yield to sin? So I mean, there's all kinds of questions <laughs> about this. The thing is, the scriptures don't tell us. One way or the other. And in the big picture of it, as long as we understand that he didn't sin and that he did that to make us righteous and give us righteousness on the cross, then the debate really should not even exist. It's a mute debate. It's it's a moot point because we'll we'll know more about the nature of Christ when we are like him. Right. But until then, I get it. So, so, but, but I guess one of the things that that shows is that we can have all these different opinions about like this question. That's a, that's a debatable question. Right. And it's fun to debate it. Well, until it gets to the point where you start splitting up over (laughs) or cutting people's heads off, (laughs) (laughs) which is what the problem has been over 2000 years is, is, is these, these people were like, no, that's not the nature of Christ. He's like this. And so therefore you're out, you're going to kill you. You're a heretic. Burn him at the stake. I don't know. So the, the 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 cool thing is, and I thought the reason why it would be good for us to talk about this topic sure, yeah. is because this gives us an idea as to what kind of craziness was happening in the church in this third through fifth and even further centuries. So um, I don't know about you. Do you want to go ahead and pick up on part two next week? Since we, we can do that, we've had a couple of of, of, of weeks, weeks. So sure. Let's do okay, so guys, History of the Church Part 2. Yeah, tune in next week. Same bat time. Same Moses time. <laughs> <laughs> same Moses channel. <laughs> and we'll talk about, you know, continuing on through our history. We only got through the, what was it, the 3rd century? So, no, 4th century. So we're gonna st- we'll pick up from there, and we'll just briefly talk about the, 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 the Chalcedon, Councils. Chalcedon, whatever you want to pronounce it. Uh, we'll we'll briefly touch on that, but uh, we want to move forward a little bit through time so we can get a big grip on right. where the church is, the travel that the church has made in its thinking over these oh, yeah. years. And I think it's taken a long time for it to get back to that same mentality that it had right. early on. So, so yeah. anyway, guys, uh, check us out on our on our social networks and talk to us. We haven't had some voicemail in a while. So 972-885-7270. Leave us give some, us some messages there. Give us some feedback. If you believe that uh, God wasn't fully divine. Or, yes. Or Jesus wasn't fully divine. Chime in on the debate. Exactly. Man, let's see. Oh, I'm a Nestorian. I believe the way he believed or whatever. <laughs> Or Arius was totally robbed. He he got punched in the face for that. (laughs) I'm never, you know, putting up Santa Claus again. Yeah, so we got got email, uh, theonauts at explodes, that's X-P-L-O-A-D-S dot com. 
And uh, we've also got SpeakPipe. You can leave us a message from Facebook uh, through that or through our website at theonauts.podbean.com. Go out there, listen to our friends at Finding Christ in Cinema, and give those guys some love, give those guys some support, and uh, and just man, yeah, let's let's uh, let's make this great commission Mission transmission. transmission. That's <laughs> I awesome. love that, Mike. Yeah. That was a great name. I, just, yeah. I love that. Name. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for being here, Jeremiah. No problem. If you get raptured before then, say hi to Gary Busey for me. <laughs> okay, we'll do. God bless you. <laughs> This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you.